Good morning. Come on. With an intro like that, I feel like we're done. Like, I don't even have to get up here and preach. Amen. We'll see you later, right? Come on. I'm so pumped about today. Like, when he told me, he's like, you're going to preach again on the last Sunday of this year. And I was like, I'm ready. <laughs> got to get my A game out. Can't just be using all the, the cupcakey stuff I use on Wednesday nights. You know, like, I've got to step up to my A game, right? And so uh, I guess he, he brought me in as the closer for the year, which is probably not his best move. But how many you know... I, I'm glad to work for a pastor that we shop at the same places. Like, <laughs> I can't tell you how many churches I've been to that, like, I would never wear anything that my pastor wears. You know what I'm saying? But I'm glad to say that, like, I could go in his closet and I might not fit in it because he's all, you know, all that stuff. But I know I could go in his closet and pick out anything and I'd be okay with it. You know what I'm saying? That says a lot about our pastor. How much do we love him? Come on, let's make some noise. Come on. But I, I'm so pumped to have this opportunity. And, of course, I've got my family here. They're on the back row, of course. Well, that's what our West Wolvertons do. But if we just wait, just give a little wave. Come on. You got this. They can handle There we go. Awesome. And even more special, my girlfriend's here, y'all. Woo! I know a lot of you guys were worried about me for a little bit. It's okay. <laughs> She's with me for now. We'll see you after today, but uh, feel free to make her feel awkward and go up to her after church and say hi and shake her hand and then go, on, go home and like get on Facebook and add her. Just do it, okay? Bombard her with friend requests, awkward messages like, are you sure? <laughs> Just be ready for that, but on a serious note, I, I, I love working here. Like, I love coming to work every day. And sitting in my office and doing different things around the church, I love it. I couldn't ask for better people to work with, a better boss, and better students to work with on that chance. And I just want to say thank you, parents, church, for letting me do what I do every week. I love it, and I enjoy it, and I hope you love me. Because if you don't, that's kind of awkward. But I love you guys. So now that we got all that stuff out the way, today you can see the, the, the sermon is titled Circumstances. And you're like, why is the little dash there? And it's like on a different line. But today, you're like, Seth, we just talked about circumstances a few weeks ago. And, and here's, here's what I thought. I've had this sermon for a while. I've preached it across North Texas. And, and it's just, it stayed with me. And it's been one of my favorites. And I didn't just try to bring like the highlight reel to you. But I felt like this is what God wanted me to preach today. Especially we got these songs. And you'll see how it all connects. And it all works together. But Pastor Chad did a sermon on circumstances about a month ago, and he, he, his main thing was you've got to stay in the boat. You've got to stay in the boat. You can't just jump out, and you, some of y'all don't have any idea what we're talking about. It's okay. We're going to get there. It's cool. Just hold on. But we, we, we talked about staying in the boat, but today I'm taking it a step further and giving us some more reasons to stay in the boat. Because let's be honest, sometimes holding on and just expecting God to show up isn't always easy. There's always going to be things that come into our life, and they just slap us in the face, and they're scary, and you don't know what to do. Circumstances. So here's what I need. I need a volunteer. Hmm. Who's going to be a volunteer for me? Gabe. Come on, Gabe. Make some noise for Gabe. He's sitting on the front row. He was asking for it. Gabe's looking all nice with his little hair. Ooh, all right. Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to tell this story. 
And Gabe is going to act it out piece by piece. And I've even added pictures to the screen just to kind of help him out. But he's going to act this stuff out for us, all right? So, Gabe, you're on vacation. You're on a cruise ship. It could be carnival. It could be sandals. Whatever. So you're relaxing. You're taking it easy. Boom, right there. The good life, y'all. The good life. Everything's great. He's working on his tan, you know. All of a sudden, boom, something happened to the ship. Uh-oh. He's getting a little nervous. He's getting a little scared. He's not quite sure what to do. But sadly, the beautiful ship falls short, Titanic style, you know what I'm saying? Sinks, and he's left just to float, holding on to, let's say, a door. That's always the, the go-to. So you're just floating, you're holding on to a door. He's holding on real tight, y'all. He has got the grip on there. Come on. And so Gabe's holding on, and then far away he sees an island. Maybe he can survive. Maybe he can make it. So he swims over, little doggy paddle. <laughs> That's good right there. <laughs> That's awesome. He finally makes it to the island. He Maybe he kisses the ground. He's just so excited. He just can't hide it. You know what I'm saying? He's pumped. You got to be really excited, Gabe. Like, <laughs> don't hurt yourself, bud. It's cool. All right. He's excited. He made it to land. Maybe he has a chance to survive. So a week goes by. He builds a little fort. You got to like get your little like wannabe hammer out, you know, whatever. He's building a little fort. Another week goes by, and he starts, like, how am I going to get off this island? That's what he's thinking. So what does he do? He puts together all this wood and makes, like, a beacon that he can set on fire because he was in the Cub Scouts or the Royal Rangers, whatever you choose, right? <laughs> and he's got this, all this wood piled up ready to just light on fire so maybe someone can see him. So maybe he can make it home to his little kitty. Another week goes by, he's growing a beard. He's trying at least, y'all. <laughs> don't hate, don't hate. <laughs> I can't say much either. It's cool, it's cool. And so one day he sees a barge way out in the distance. Let's look at the, look at there, there it is. But it's further than that. It's like really, it's miles and miles away. So what does he, what does he think? Well, I'm going to light the beacon. I'm going to light this whole island on fire if I have to, so they'll see me. So he gets, you know, he's making his little fire. It takes a second. He's not a professional, y'all. He's, he's just trying. It lights on fire. It's huge. He's looking. He's got his, like, little hands out for, like, binoculars to help him see a little bit. And all of a sudden, he just sees the ship just keep cruising. It's gone. There's his little fire. Isn't that, isn't that beautiful? And the ship just keeps going. And it keeps going. And this is the moment where he feels the lowest. And the moment where he just can't hold it anymore. Maybe he's crying a little bit. It's okay, Gabe. We love you too. And then all of a sudden, his fire catches his shelter on fire. Now he has... <laughs> now not only does he have to rebuild his beacon... But he has to rebuild his shelter and start from complete scratch. So he starts. But all of a sudden, 
the distance, he sees that ship coming back. (laughs) He's waving it on, doing jumping jacks, whatever. (laughs) He's good, y'all. He's good. You've got to pick the really good volunteers. You know what I'm saying? And finally, they send out a little ship to get him. They bring him on board. He's hungry, of course. Stinks. But what's new, right? And he he finally talks to the captain and he says, how did you see me? How, how, I thought you were gone. I I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to think. And the captain looks at him in the eye and he says, we saw you, you lit your shelter on fire. That's how we saw you. We saw the smoke, so we, we pulled the Yui, we turned around, came and got him. He's happy now. He can go back to living on cruise ships and living the good life. Gabe, thank you so much for your help. <laughs> a lot of you are like, Seth, like, what are you talking about right now? Is it cool if I get on the floor? Is that all right? Like, I just feel comfortable. I like getting in your face. <laughs> I use gum. That's cool. We're good. We're good. I brush my teeth. You're like, Seth, what does this story have to do with anything? Well, when, when you look back over the story, I mean, there were points where Gabe felt like he had lost everything. He didn't know what to do. He, he was desperate. And it came to a point where he lost everything. Then he gained it all back. He lost shelter. He lost most of his island. But that was his saving grace. talking about circumstance. We're talking about things that just, you feel sick. Things that when you, when it happens, you don't know what to do. You're scared. You don't know if you can move on. Been there, y'all. You've been there too. Everybody has. I feel like most people that walked in these doors today can say that you've either been there or you're going through something like that. It's not easy. And when I think of circumstances and someone who, who faced a lot, I think of the story of Joseph. And today we're going to go through this story really fast. It's a long story with a lot of stuff and a lot of detail, but I'm going to try to get it to you as fast as possible. If you look in the, in the worship guide, you'll see like on the first half page, scripture, scripture, scripture. It's because we're working through the story. And I didn't want to just not put any scripture there for you so you wouldn't think I'm lying to you. Amen. So just keep me accountable here. But you see in the first right there, it says, in Genesis 37, verse 3 through 4, it says, Now Israel loved Joseph more than any of his other sons, because he had been born to him in his old age, and he made an ornate robe for him. When his brothers saw that their father loved him more than any of them, they hated him and could not speak a kind word to him. So here's the story. We've got Joseph. He is the 11th. Out of 12 sons, and lucky for him, he's his dad's favorite. That's a good place to be, y'all. You know, he probably gets a little, like, extra dessert at dinner time, and, you know, probably gets treated a little well. They get, get a couple extra dollars here and there. You know what I mean? And he's the favorite. Well, he's got these 11 other brothers, and guess what? They don't like that. Like, I can imagine how my brother feels. I'm the favorite, y'all. Let's just be real. <laughs> Let's be real. You see the smile? Come on. (laughs) 
So Joseph, his brothers just despised him. They were jealous. Joseph, it says he had an ornate robe. They say the coat of many colors. So he was looking pretty fresh, had the sweet coat on. Dad loved him more. Awesome. Living the good life. Well, the story goes on, and one day they're out working, sweating their faces off, and they see Joseph in a, from afar. So they plot. They say, we could kill him. That's how bad it was, y'all. I mean, like, you didn't grow up in my house. It's like that every day. But they plotted to kill him, so he, he came up, and they threw him in a pit. He's stuck. They're trying to figure out how they want to kill him, and they get a plan. They're going to sell him into slavery. And not only are they going to sell him into slavery, but since it's daddy's favorite, they're going to get his robe and put some blood on it and tell him that he got mauled by some ferocious animal. I would rather be sold into slavery than mauled by some ferocious animal. But he's still sold into slavery. So we see Joseph, he goes from having it good, everything's perfect, to not so good. Sold into slavery by his own family. Crazy. I can't imagine. From there, it says that he was bought by a man named Potiphar. He was an, official, an Egyptian official, pretty wealthy, well off, and now Joseph is a slave to this man named Potiphar. We catch up back in Genesis 39, verse 6 and 7. It says, so Potiphar left everything he had in Joseph's care. You read a little bit before that, it says that Joseph, everything he did, he did it well. That God had a favor on him. And so Potiphar sees this, and he puts him in charge of his whole household. It says, now Joseph was well. I'm skipping ahead. I don't want to get it too far ahead. Uh, it says, do not concern himself with anything except the food he ate. Now Joseph was well built and handsome. And after a while, his master's wife took notice of Joseph and said, come to bed with me. Uh-oh, watch out. Techno, techno. Come on, watch out. We've got Joseph. He, he's sold into slavery by his own family, bought by a man named Potiphar. And what does he do? He makes the best out of the situation that he's given. He looks at his circumstance and he says, no, I'm going I'm to keep going after God and I'm going to keep doing my best at everything I do. What happens? Potiphar makes him over his whole household and then one day it says he was well built. Probably looked a lot like me. I don't know. <laughs> I work out, y'all. It's cool. I'm the youth pastor. I'm allowed to say funny things like that. It's cool. And so Potiphar's wife, she sees that, you know, he's... You know, pretty good looking. So what does she do? She tries to lure him into bed with her. And this happens and happens again and happens again. I'm pretty sure Joseph was, just got tired of it. Talk to the hand. I don't think that was working anymore. And one day, she corners him. There's no one else in the house. And, of course, Joseph, being the wise man that he is, he just, he takes off. But before he does, she, she gets a piece of his clothing. And what does she do? She makes up this plan to go to Potiphar and tell her that Joseph tried to sleep with her. Man, Joseph cannot catch a break here, y'all. He's doing good. He's doing bad. He's doing good. He's doing bad. So what does Potiphar do? You know he probably wants to believe him because he knows who his wife is. But puts him into prison. He's got to stand by his wife. He's a good man. So now he's in prison. He's not a slave anymore. He's 
in prison. And we see that in prison, he had it tough. Prison, y'all. Scary. Don't want to go there. But it says, Joseph's master took him and put him in prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined. But while Joseph was there in prison, the Lord was with him. He showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. So the warden put Joseph in charge of all those held in the prison and was made responsible for all that was done there. So I'm imagining Joseph's thrown in a prison. He's probably beat down a little bit. He's probably pretty ticked. He's probably mad and doesn't really know what to do. But we see once again that he looks at a situation and says, I'm going to make the best of this. I'm going to make the best of being in prison, even if, it, if it's horrible, even if I don't like it, I'm going to make the best of this. And we see the prison warden puts him over all the other prison people. Pretty incredible, I might say. And looking at Joseph, like, this dude just, he's got it. He, he's got it figured out. And so a few years go by, and finally, Pharaoh has a dream. He needs somebody to interpret this dream. So they find Joseph in the prison after looking all over for someone to interpret this dream. And what happens? Joseph tells them what's about to happen. That there's going to be a famine and they've got to get ready for it. And we see that he saves the entire nation of Egypt. By interpreting this one dream. And what do we see happens again? It says, and this is chapter 41, verse 41 through 43. It says, so Pharaoh said to Joseph, I hereby put you in charge of the whole land of Egypt... Then Pharaoh took his signet ring from his finger and put it on Joseph's finger. He dressed him in robes of fine linen and put a gold chain around his neck. That's what I'm talking about. And he had him ride in a chariot as his second in command. And people shouted before him, make way. Thus he put him in charge of the whole land. I mean, this incredible roller coaster story where we see Joseph, he starts up here, goes down. And then he makes the best out of that situation. And something else happens. And then he makes the best out of every situation. And we see finally he ends up second command over a whole nation. That's God's favor. But I would like to see Joseph in the tough times when it wasn't so easy, when it didn't seem like he was being treated well, when he's being sold into slavery by his family and everything is just torn apart. But I think there's some things that we can see from Joseph's life's life, and we can do the same thing. I believe that we can end up like Joseph and have a good story after all. I believe there's two stances that we can take as Christians and believers to make circumstance not seem so big and not seem so scary. That when the tough times come, we're ready for it. Two stances, and I'm about to blow some minds here, so just get ready. Just get ready. Number one, look to God. Whoa. <laughs> I could write a book on that, right? Look to God. We face all these circumstances, and we don't know exactly what to do, and we're scared, and we're at the end of our rope. And... You're on Facebook, right? It's always on Facebook. And you see somebody post some little scripture and it's supposed to make you feel better. Not always. 
you, you see somebody try to make you feel better, and it's always the cliche stuff. It doesn't always work. But from my experience and, and talking to plenty of others, trust me, we try to fix it ourselves. And we try to take control of everything. And, and, and what happens? You just end up in a worse situation. And I know it's simple, and I know a lot of you are like, Seth, I, I could have stayed home today for this. But I think every now and then we need that slap in the face that says, hey, when you're going through stuff, look to God. When it's tough, look to God. Stop looking at your friends. Stop looking in the mirror and trying to figure something out yourself. But look to someone who knows what's going on. I love if you look at Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. You, just, you could have known I was going to the scripture. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. It's funny. This is the scripture that always ends up like on like somebody wrote it on your Facebook wall or something. Or like you, you go into like a Hobby Lobby. You know that's on something you can put in your house. You know it is. You know it is. But I, I love this scripture because it's so simple, yet it's so needed. We've got so many people trying to lean on themselves. What does that do? We're not looking to God in our times of circumstance. We're just trying to figure things out. And sometimes we just let ourselves tell us everything's okay and everything's okay, and really it's not. We don't understand. We don't know everything that's going on. I love Matthew chapter 6 Verse 34, and this is from the message, so if you don't take this literally, that's okay too. Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. And don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. I heard this story one time about a father had this beautiful three-year-old daughter. I mean, just beautiful. Blue eyes, blonde hair, I mean, just gorgeous. And one day... He's, you know, watching TV or something, and, and the daughter's in the kitchen. And, and the dad's like, I haven't really, like, I hear something going on. I just don't know what's going on. So the father, he, he looks in the kitchen, and he sees her playing on the floor, and he smiles. Sees his cute little daughter just playing, and then he sees what this daughter is playing with, and it's a scorpion. Ooh. <laughs> Not so good, y'all. Not so good. So what does his father do? Well, he picks up the daughter, gets out his boot, steps on the scorpion, kills it. But what happens? His daughter throws a fit. I don't know about you, but three-year-olds can make friends with just about anything. <laughs> his daughter throws a fit, and she already named it, and they were best friends, whatever. She's just, she's so mad. Dad, how could you take away, I don't know what the name was, but how could you take away Scorpion, dude? <laughs> I don't know. That's just all I got. Sorry, y'all. But you see, the, the father knew what was best. The daughter didn't really know the whole story. She didn't know what she was dealing with. She didn't know what was happening right there. But the father knew. And I believe that happens in our lives sometimes. God sees something that we can't see. Maybe he pulls it out of our life. 
pulls that person out of our life, we get mad. Got a little hissy fit. It's like the little girl. Come mad at God and try to figure things out. And really, God knows what's going on. God has your best interest at heart. And maybe if you start looking at, the, at things the way God does, man, it's going to open your eyes to something new, a new way to live, a new way to follow him. It's not going to be, well, this happened, and I'm kind of mad at God right now. It's, it's going to be, I know why he did that. There's a reason behind everything that our God does, and he had my best interest at heart. Why not look to him in my times of trouble and my times of circumstance? He knows what's going on. He's got it figured out. We think we've got it all. We think we've got it all figured out. We're good. And, well, I did that last time. <laughs> look where it ended you up at. I mean, we've, we've got to just keep it simple. We, we can't make our life so complicated and, well, you know, Second Chronicles, it says this, and I'm going to go burn stuff. And no, just look to God. He's going to lead you in the way that he wants you to go. He's going to take care of you even when you don't want him to take care of you. He's got your best interest at heart. Another cliche, like Hobby Lobby scripture, we got Jeremiah 29, 11. Come on, you posted that on Facebook before. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. God said that to Jeremiah, and I believe that he has said that over all of our lives, that he does have a plan and a purpose for each of us. He's got big dreams and big hopes for all of us, but we've just got to look to him when, when the times get tough. We've got to look to him instead of looking to our past and, and worrying about this and worrying about that and let this beat us down and look to God. That is the stance that we need to have when anything happens in our life. Look to God. Blowing minds. The cool thing about God is that he's always with us. You may say, Seth, I don't feel like he is right now. I don't feel like God is with me and I'm struggling and I don't know what to do. And at the end of my rope, and I've been there. Found this scripture. It's Isaiah 41.10. It says, so do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. He's always going to be there. I love you read the, the story of Joseph. You read through that whole thing, and it always says God was with him. Through the thick and through the thin, God is always going to be there. So why can't we just look to him? Second stance that I believe that we need to have as believers and when we go through times of circumstance and, and, and struggle, is that we need to look to the good. I kind of have the attitude where it's like, if something's going to come at me, I'm going to find the bright side to everything. It's not always easy, trust me, but when tough times come, I'm, I'm going to find something good out of this. I'm going to figure out the silver lining of this situation, of course, after I've looked to God. But I'm going to look for the good in every situation. It's pretty cool. The, the story of Joseph goes on from where we left off. And he's, he's number two in the whole nation of Egypt. Well, this famine comes and 
He's the one that saves this nation. But his family, they come to Egypt and they're looking for food because they weren't ready for this. They didn't know. And it's funny because they come to Joseph. Of course, they don't recognize Joseph and he does. He recognizes them. They're looking for him for help. And you see Joseph being the man of God that he is. He could send them away and let them starve and let them die. But we see Joseph be the man that he is. What does he do? He, he not only saves an entire nation, thousands of people, but he saves the people that betrayed him. The people that he was supposed to be able to trust. The people that he was supposed to be able to look to for, for, for structure, for, for something. His family come knocking on his door for help. Can you imagine the things rolling through his mind? We see Joseph and he gets that. He's looked to God through his circumstance. Always looking at the good that he has and, and that he can do. And I love this scripture. It's probably one of my favorite scriptures in the entire Bible. This is Genesis chapter 50, verse 20. And it says, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. Wow. <laughs> I read that and it just grabs my heart. This guy, he's been through everything you can imagine. He's been a slave. He's been accused wrongly. He's been in prison when he wasn't even supposed to be there. His family has completely sold him out. And at the end of it all, he looks at the good of every situation. He looks at the good that has come from everything bad in his life. He turns the tables. And he's not going to throw some little fit. He's not going to hold a little grudge. It's easy, y'all. It's easy. But he looks at the good that can come from each situation. He looks at what he can do, God can do through him. I read that story and it just, it gets me. It gets me every time. But life can be a roller coaster. Life can throw you a curveball sometimes and you just don't know exactly where you stand or what to do. No man, he was born 45 years ago. And born a beautiful baby boy. And they come to find out that this man is legally blind. And I don't know if you know what that means, but it means that he can't see perfectly. There's no way. No glasses, no surgery, no lasers shooting in his eyes, making everything work. There's nothing that can be done to help this man see. And this boy grows up. Made fun of, had to wear glasses, and that was before glasses were cool. Made fun of, bullied, beat down. Everybody turns 16, and guess who doesn't get to drive? Guess who is left out of things that seemed fun at the time, maybe? Lives a life of struggle and wondering, why, God, why does this have to happen to me? You been there before? 
Why does this have to happen to me? Why did my life turn out this way? The story goes on and the boy becomes a man. Gets married and has two sons. And I'm proud to be one of them. And the coolest story of all, it doesn't just end there and oh, a little happy ending, but the coolest thing of all is that this man, he came to know Jesus Christ. He came to see that his circumstances helped him stay out of trouble and helped him stop from going into situations that could cause him to lose it all. God had a plan. And now, my dad, he's here. Both of his sons are in ministry, and they're going after him. I'm, I wouldn't have the passion I do without the man my dad is. That's my testimony. That God has a plan through circumstance. That maybe we can't see, we don't know, but God has a plan, and he's got bigger dreams for you than you could ever imagine. That maybe times seem tough, but they're tough for a reason. The saving of many lives. So what are you going to do with it? Are you going to let things beat you down? Keep you from the plans God has for you? Or are you going to look to God in every situation? Are you going to look to him and his perfect plan and his perfect will? Are you going to look to the good and see what can come out of these situations when you have the perspective of God?